0: Vikings versus Falcons, Climbing the Pocket Network presents In the Huddle with Jason Brown and Flip Mazzi. Hey guys, we're here tonight, Tuesday night, talking In the Huddle Vikings football. And Jason, how you doing? This is your show. You should be doing the
1: intro. I mean, you know, it's all right. It's good to have you on camera with us today, David. Flip is here, I am here, and we are here to talk about some Vikings, so let's get into it. David, since it's your your first show with all of us in quite a while, I'm going to kick it to you first, my man. How you doing? How you been? How does it feel to be back on this side of the camera again?
0: Oh, it's great, especially after the win on Sunday. Cheers, all Vikings fans! It always warms my heart beyond belief to beat the Green Bay Packers, and Sunday was marvelous for that. And I, and it's it's kept me happy all week.
1: You, all right, well, half of Vikings Twitter is angry at you about that. So flip. <laughs> how do you feel about that? You yes, know, sir. we beat the Packers, and now we, I mean, we're not terrible anymore. It's time to string <laughs> some wins together. Are we getting that seventh scene? What's going on here? Kirk read all your memes. He saw your jersey swaps, and he said, Dalvin, get out there, save my job. And I guess running backs matter now, Flip. Is that what we learned? Is that what it is?
2: Uh, well, I mean, I always knew that. So maybe you learned that, Jason. But <laughs> no matter what, it's it's great to win against the Green Bay Packers. It's much better feeling on Victory Sunday, Victory Monday let's let's uh let's get through this week now preparing with some optimism back in the spirits of Viking fans.
1: All right, well let's talk about that flip because <laughs> you know, Eric isn't here with us, but he's always with us in spirit and he did want it put on the record for this week that he was actually the most optimistic person when talking about the next game coming up uh of all the folks who were here last week. So he said some more optimism back in flip. I guess You know, you were kind of, you know, you we named the last show after one of your rants, fire everybody. And so, you know, they've rattled off a win. We were looking to be buyers, apparently, at the trade market. Does it look like, you know, optimism abounds everywhere? Is this a is a new team looking at the schedule? We might be able to rattle off some wins. Where are you at with this flip? Are you you doing a 180?
2: It's it's a damn shame Eric isn't on this show. You know, i had, i had, i was going to give him credit. I was going to stay quiet, let the man speak his piece. He deserved that because he was right. But since he's not here, I'm just going to have to stick some words in his mouth. Uh, you know, one one thing Eric said on the last show is he said it would be the most Vikings thing ever to not show up against Atlanta and then show up against Green Bay. And that's where I am with the whole thing is just we have a team. We don't know when they're going to show up. Even if they do rattle off a few wins in a row here, they're still completely at risk of just going in the tank or not showing up or you know throwing an interception on the first play of the game down the road here. So I'm not one who's going to count ahead wins when I can't tell which team is going to show up we're two and five one game at a time
1: good one advice Game at a time okay so so david flip is taking the measured approach what did you see out of this team i know you're happy about us being the, the, the packers but did you see any material changes in terms of you know how players were were performing on offense on defense like is there something beyond just, okay, we beat the Packers? Yes, it's great to beat the Packers. But is there something that you saw in that game that you feel like is something we can build on moving forward as we really look at this team? Um, and maybe, you know, we're, we're, we're not the worst team ever.
0: No, we aren't the worst team ever. That goes to the New York Jets. But um, I did see stuff that I liked. As many people know, I grew up playing offense and defensive line. I am very much a lineman guy the offensive line this week absolutely played the best they have played in probably since 2008 i think it is when the last time that they had no pressures and no sacks now granted there was only 14 dropbacks which was we'll get into but the the blocking the run blocking was just extremely outstanding my boy, that I've been a proponent for, and if you've read on Daily Norseman and elsewhere, I was very high on Ezra Cleveland Ezra Cleveland pancaked, blocked um, I was like three to five times different defensive players. I haven't seen that since Jimmy Klein saucer warmed my heart doing that in the past now it was it was the best performance they've had all season. Did the weather affect it? Yes, because. Mike Zimmer had Kubiak restrict the amounts of play calls and passes that Kirk Cousins did. He only dropped back 14 times, 10 receptions, not a one of them beyond nine yards. But it was brilliant. And the screen pass to Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook was on fire. The screen pass, he had at least three key blocks on that. Irv Smith, I think, was with the first one. Then you saw... Garrett Bradbury downfield, and then you saw Ezra Cleveland downfield. When is the last time you see a lineman throwing a block 20, 30 yards downfield like that? That's outstanding. Yes, Green Bay had a hard time tackling and taking good angles, but that's their issue. Uh, We played well. Now, on the defensive side, I thought this was one of Zimmer's best, best, hear me, best, called games because he had so much adversity to deal with, with uh, Dantzler going out and um Boyd going
1: out. Basically all the corners going out.
0: All the corners Everybody going out. He for, was sitting there two. shuffling off the top of his head. What do I do? What do I do? I've got to do this. i got to do this. And he made things work to the fact that at the end of the game, Ant Harris was coming down and playing nickel, and we saw Metellus back in his spot. That on that on the fly thinking that worked shows the potential. Zimmer's a great defensive mind. I'm convinced he can do defense if he's given the right opportunity and the ability to do such. Now, with how this game went, I sort of think there's a Zimmer telling Spielman, you know, to uh, go fornicate with himself because uh, what? Yeah. Spielberg was the one that was hot on Kirk Cousins. The key to the game, partly due to weather, was to keep the ball out of Kirk Cousins' ability to throw it, make poor decisions throwing, keep him handing off the ball. That worked in this game and in this situation. And weather helped with that. If weather wasn't there, it may be a different story, but it helped. And I appreciate that. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it to no
1: end. So, Flip, mm-hmm. uh, your boy, Riley Reef, the top-rated Minnesota Viking player on the offensive side of the ball in this game, followed up by David's boy, Ezra Cleveland. How did you yeah. feel watching that offensive line performance? And I guess the next part. The third highest rated player on the offense overall was Dalvin Cook, and people seem to be upset about that. So I guess, Flip, walk me through your perspective on how well the offensive line played, and then why are people upset about Dalvin Cook being graded out at 78.3? I don't understand. That's a very good grade. Why are we (laughs) mad? Our offensive line did all the things we wanted (laughs) it to do, Flip.
2: Yeah, I mean, David summed it up perfectly. Early on in that game, I saw probably – one stupid ass play from the offensive line but we don't even remember it anymore because of all the great blocking they had not just on the runs but on most of the passes they kept the green bay defense honest they they took it to the green bay d- defense you know they dictated that ball game and that's just great to see from the offensive line So I have no gripes. That's the exact offensive line I've wanted to see. I give the OL coach, Rick Dennison, I give him credit for how he's treated Ezra Cleveland. Um, It's great to see that early performance, even though we had no idea what they were doing with Ezra. I I still think it's weird to switch him to left tackle in a second year if he's going to play right guard. In his first year, we still I still want to see what happens if Pat Elfline can come back to to health and see, does that mean that Ezra stays in there or does Ezra go back to the bench? Uh, Does that mean that Dakota Dakota Dozier comes out of the game? Because remember, they said, Pat Elfline, we switched you to the left side in twenty nineteen. That was a mistake, so we want you on the right side now. Well, now we got Ezra Cleveland in there on the right side. So are you going to go make Pat Elfline pay the left guard position, or are you just going to bench the guy? That's an interesting thing that we might be able to see later on this year. But overall, great offensive line performance. Dalvin Cook, um, I've always said this about Dalvin Cook. Y'all looking at Dalvin Cook's PFF grades – need some education and some medicine. Stop looking at the PFF grades. You don't know what they mean. Clearly you don't. Dalvin Cook's value is not something that's going to show up in PFF. If you want to look at the advanced staff, if you want to look at his broken tackle rate, his elusiveness, his elusiveness rate, uh, maybe even a little bit his yards after contact rate which isn't as good of a metric as at elusiveness stat then we can start talking about how dalvin cook performed but stop looking at pff grades they're overrated just like you're overrating the vikings right now
0: <laughs> oh
2: well oh, pff yeah, I, I, i'm not even done you know i i, I listen to the to our boys bj and drew today they're they're starting to look down the schedule starting to say oh look we can get to 9 and 7 we can get to 7 and 6. Just cool it, man. You can you can ask me about the playoffs when this team is 500 and you can ask me about getting to the Super Bowl after they make the playoffs. You take this those steps at a time. Win 3 more in a row and then we can start talking about playoff football for the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Okay. Flip coming out hot. And so I know, Flip, you've never been on, on the side of outright tanking. Uh, that's never been really your thing. You don't think there. you look at teams like the Chiefs and what they've been able to do. It's you have a veteran, you bring somebody else in place. And so I know a lot of the talk around t- tanking really comes in like you want your shot at the best quarterback. And in this draft cycle, it looks like there were some really good ones out there. Mm-hmm. The talk is quieted down a little bit, not really because Kirk did much in the game. The Vikings won. People are happy the Vikings won. Where are you at with that now? Because I know you're still you're kind of telling us to pump the brakes a little bit on things. Are you still of the mind that the Vikings if they're in position should look to maybe bring in someone to challenge Kirk Cousins, give us better depth at that position or you know, if they do rattle off a couple wins here, do you think it's, you know, we continue to build on this offense because you know, as Nick and others have pointed out, the offense is grading out as a near elite unit right now. If you look you know, at those PFF grades that you just told us we should discount.
2: Yeah. So how I, I would, I would take, let, let me say this, a, a rebuild I really like right now, and we haven't seen results yet, is the Miami Dolphins. You know, they were competitive with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. There was no real reason for them to make a switch in the short term. A lot of people would have said, hey, you're in playoff contention. Let's let's keep Ryan Fitzpatrick in there and let's compete. Let's try to make the playoffs. But they decided that wasn't the right move. They decided to go with the rookie Tua. Well, why did they do that? They did that because in order to build a roster around the quarterback, you need to know what that quarterback needs. So that first game Miami played, Tua didn't play that well. Now Miami can go back and say, okay, maybe in the draft, we need to get him a wide receiver, or maybe we need to get him a good, reliable tight end next to Mike Jasicki, or maybe we just need to shore up the offensive line for this kid. But now they have more information. They're going to make a better decision because they're more educated on what that specific quarterback needs than they had if they had just benched him the whole year. So translate that to Minnesota. Uh, no matter what you do this year, without knowing which quarterback they're gonna get, the question is what can that quarterback, what can we give that quarterback when he gets in here? And it's not just draft picks. What you can really give him is you can give him a wide receiver group, both Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, one of the best receiver duos in the league. You can give him Irv Smith coming off a great year at tight end where he could overtake Kyle Rudolph and he has another 16 games of good productive play under his belt. You can give him bookend tackles. If you move Ezra Cleveland to left tackle with a, for the next 10 games and you know, Going into 2021 that that new quarterback has a left tackle and a right tackle that they can they can build around those are the types of things we're looking for in the long term we're looking for those short-term games now so we know we have something going into 2021 same with the defense and the cornerbacks those are the types of decision. those are the type of things we're looking for we're not just looking to tear everything down and then start throwing darts at the wall that's doing us a disservice because we can make some progress this year with the young players we have on the team
1: so you're not in favor of a full-fledged tank because you don't feel like that's necessary but what you really would like to see is you know kind of record be damned at this point just based on where we are right now in the season and let's get these young guys as many snaps as they possibly can get Get Ezra Cleveland. Let's see if he's actually the left tackle of the future or if he needs to stay inside. We want to find out all of those things in what appears to be a lost season. Or do you look at the schedule and think, I mean, the Lions are beatable. The Bears, I mean, the Bears, they give us fits, but they're not very good. The Cowboys are awful. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are games we can win. You're talking about 500. I mean, Teddy... We don't know who's playing quarterback for for the Jaguars. I mean, it's kind of flipped up where you know things could be looking very different for this team as we get you know a month from now. But which my point, one are, Jason, for you are you looking at? Are you are you my, thinking because Mike Zimmer he's going to want to win all those games?
2: My point, Jason, is you don't have to choose. And us fans, we got to stop trying to make it a choice. The Kansas City Chiefs, when they rebuilt around Patrick Mahomes, they didn't have to choose. They competed for the Super Bowl. They were in the playoffs every year before making the but transition moving Reeve, to moving
1: who's your, your highest graded offensive line from starter yeah. to bench, I mean, that's a choice. And that's a choice that there's likely to be some growing pains around. So it doesn't need to be a choice in terms of tank, not tank, but shuffling those pieces around to get some of that information. Those are choices that would have potential implications on the season right now. You know, right. like Ezra Cleave is playing right guard right now. Moving him out to left tackle I mean, that's, that's a big transition for a guy who didn't play against the top flight competition when he was in university and hasn't had really an off season.
2: So I mean, I'm just he's like, got 50 games, the left tackle play under his belt. And yeah, for those choices, look, put Ezra Cleveland out there. If it's a disaster, then you know, it's a disaster. You can go back to Riley Reef, who signed through 2021 and say, Hey, at least we tried that. The, the, the worst case scenario is you keep Ezra Cleveland. You try to move him at the start of the 2021 season, and that's when you have a disaster trying to protect the blind side of your new quarterback.
0: I'll give you a, a scenario <laughs> you haven't heard. <laughs> it's going to be Kirk. <laughs> like
1: oh, all,
2: well, we, it's it's going to be Kirk.
0: What if you they move O'Neal to, yeah. to left tackle? They need to leave that man alone.
2: I mean, yeah, and and that's the thing. Is O'Neal, I've heard
0: that they, they want to do that.
2: Well, either way, my point is you do, you do it with a long-term in mind. O'Neal, they put <laughs> that man at right tackle, and he was so good there that he stayed there. Now, they could have done it differently. They could have given him a redshirt year, and maybe O'Neal's already at left tackle but with less experience. So, again, these long-term moves, Miami still won the game even when they switched to Tua. Kansas City rebuilt on the fly. That's because you're giving these guys confidence, experience. You're giving Ezra Cleveland his first game, right guard, his running back goes off for 226 all-purpose yards. That's a game. great moment. DJ, DJ won with a big game-defining play that could affect the rest of his career. That's key in a young player, in a young man's development. So you you take that chance to get these guys. In a winning system, in a winning culture, and let them let let's see if they can perform now, and, and hopefully that leads to something in the future. Flip, you right, You so mentioned flip, DJ. Dave, wanna, I just
1: wanted to throw you one question based on what something Flip just said right there about winning system, winning culture, and you mentioned it as well, David, which is why I wanted to flip it back to you. Is you know the, the 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 old salute that maybe Zim threw up to, uh, <laughs> to 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 Rick in terms of the game plan. And yes, we had the weather. Yes, we had all those things going on. But I mean, we've been talking about it for a while. Like the way Zim wants to win is the way we won that game against yes. Green Bay, controlling yes, it's it in old the trenches, school. running the ball, Dalvin Cook winning everybody's fantasy football week. I know you love the trenches, David. <laughs> How are you feeling about that? And do you think that that's like we're going to double down on that strategy as we go into like the the next week and the next week? And we're going to continue to play that style of football, like that cult, like and build around that culture where we're gonna, you know, we're gonna run the football and there's nothing you can do about it. And Kirk, you know, for all intents and purpose, we're gonna minimize him. We're gonna turn Kirk into Ryan Tannehill mm-hmm. and hope that when we need him to make some efficient throws, he's there to do it.
2: I'll take but some Ryan Tannehill. We're
1: going to. Yeah, we're gonna just we're gonna let Dalvin as far as Dalvin can take us is where we're gonna go. Um, and 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 how do you feel if if that's the way the team decides to continue to build, given the talent that we do have on the roster? Well,
0: um we do have talent, obviously, especially at wide receiver with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I do believe Irv Smith Jr. is a up and comer, but I can see the Vikings, and I can see the mentality behind it. Um, Zimmer wants to run the ball. It's more old school, right? The zone run versus power run, blocking, we can get into that argument, but he wants to run. Dalvin Cook is extremely gifted in the way that he can see openings better than any other back and then make the move to do that. That feeds into that. Now, what I sort of think Zimmer's doing is something that sort of Denny Green did. Denny Green's philosophy back in the day was, i got to win the division first. Now, I'd love Zimmer to take that on as his mantra. But Denny Green said, well, if all the, all the division is playing West Coast offense, I'm going to play Coriel, right? And he made that work. I think Zimmer is sort of pushing back on the league, even though this is a pass happy league. We know, and hey, I love advanced analytics as much as the next guy. We know passes get you more points overall, etc. cetera. But I think he's sort of saying, I'm going to go against the grain and I'm going to beat you that way. If it works, it's brilliant. If it's not, it costs him his job, but I'm happy with it. I have, I'm cool with him trying because the other way is not working where it's wishy-washy do whatever it's that doesn't work. So pick a direction and go get it flip.
2: Uh, it, it will not work. It is a cycle <laughs> of death and we have seen it for the last, for the entire Zimmer era. Here's what happens. They start to run the ball; it goes well. Then what happens next?
1: Well, then, uh, then point, it fails. It doesn't go well, and we have to rely on <laughs> then the
2: running back. Then we got to rely injured. on Kirk Cousins. The running back gets injured. Yeah. Okay, that's what happens. So, running game goes well. Running back gets injured. Then we're like, okay, we got to rely on Kirk Cousins, and Kirk puts together his longest possible stretch of good play, which is two to three games. So now everybody's happy. They're like, oh, we can pass the ball two to three games. And then what happens? Kirk starts acting like a teenager again. He starts, you know, he forgets that defensive lineman exists. And then we're like, oh, crap. We got to start running the ball. And then, okay, we run the ball. Dalvin Cook, he's back and healthy. We crush it again. Then he gets hurt again. Endless cycle of death. The system will not
0: <laughs> work. Well, de- it definitely takes people staying healthy. Yes, I agree.
2: If if and- we had a quarterback who could play consistently for 16 games, which, which we don't have right now, then, yeah, we can go this run-first approach knowing that we can just flip it over to the pass game as needed. Or if we had a running back, that never got injured. Sure, yeah, we could try to run it down the throats with a guy like Dalvin Cook's skill, but we don't have either of those things. So stop building a system that requires those insane ass things.
1: So, so flip is is your thought then that they, to go all in on like the strategy that David's talking about? Should they invest more draft capital? In the at the running back position, should they get another player as dynamic yeah, as Dalvin yeah. Cook, so that if he goes down, they can have another player with a more similar skill set? Alexander Madison is a solid player, but he's not breaking games open like Dalvin Cook.
2: Like, do you feel like they
1: should do what the Patriots did? You've talked about it. Like you've talked about the Patriots adding more and more draft capital. Doesn't seem to be working out very well for them now that Tom Brady is gone. But they added quite a bit of draft capital at that running back position, not working out and as the commenters are saying, you need that elite quarterback you need that great quarterback play but if we're trying to zig when the league is zagging, is it just you know load up on the trenches, go get a bunch of running backs and try to outmuscle everybody on offense is that what you think like if you like you're saying like they need to go all in on a strategy right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so if they do that, even if you disagree with the strategy, would that make you more happy about the direction of the team than them kind of what it seems to be throwing darts? We traded for this player. Okay. We're trading him away. Okay. We were going to be sellers at, at the, at the trade deadline. Oh no, we won a game. Now we're going to be buyers. We're bringing everybody in. Let me know flip, like which way makes you feel like this team is is moving in a direction that makes you happier as a fan.
2: Exactly. The first one, man, Push in a direction. I mean, let's look at this thing. We got Dalvin Cook. We got Alex Madison. We got an offensive line that seems to finally be gaining some steam. And we've got an immobile ass quarterback. Look at what the Baltimore Ravens are doing. So if we want to push that direction, we're a run based team. Go get you a Greg Roman disciple or a Greg, Greg Roman type offensive coordinator who can have that dual threat type quarterback. Put him back there with Madison and Cook and this offensive line. And let's go, if that's the way you want to go. But that's a cohesive vision. Um, And and that's what I want. Because any strategy, you know, you're going to need an inventive offensive mind who can make adjustments here or there. But you have to have an identity that says, this is what we do well. And these are the players who do it well. And that all matches.
1: So basically, it comes back to, again, Kirk, for better or for worse, in this case, because we want to be such a run-heavy team, Kirk still yeah. doesn't fit with what we're trying to do because he doesn't add anything to that. And because we're such a run of team, you're putting Kirk in more high-leverage situations like third and long, where he's more right. apt to do kirk type things like forgetting that the linebacker is dropping back in cover <laughs> two or you know throwing in the trap coverage and, and some of the things that he's been prone to doing at this point.
0: Yeah, but there's a difference with Kirk. Kirk has one redeeming point in his game he is outstanding at play action and but with that... everyone is outstanding in play action well not everybody
1: quite <laughs> but... like pretty much everyone like play action is basically like putting the game on, on beginner yeah yeah but he's got the arm talent
0: to make it work and it buys time if if you could take that outstanding run game and then move Kirk into, all right, now we're going to fake it to Dalvin, roll out, hit Adam or Justin deep. I think where you run to set up the pass, which I think Zimmer's trying to do and Kubiak's trying to do, will work. But I agree with you, Flip. Absolutely, they have to know the direction they're going, and that is the one thing right now that I think as an organization, they absolutely do not.
2: Yeah. They bounce I, we off. Have a, of. We have a relative mismatch at the quarterback and running back, and it's funny because people always lean towards the more likable player. I mean, we can go back to 2014. We had a quarterback who wanted to take snaps out of shotgun and a running back who wanted to be in I-formation, and it was the same thing. It was a broken-ass offense. And people are like, get Adrian Peterson the heck out of here. Um, it's the same thing right now, but everybody's saying it about Kirk instead of about Adrian.
1: <laughs> and I just gotta push back a little bit on you, David, right now. And I don't like I don't like citing passer rating. I don't like doing it. <laughs> but if you look up the, the play action stats for this season, Kirk Cousins currently ranks 26th in the NFL. In passer rating on play action, behind notable names such as Uh-oh. Gardner Minshew, <laughs> Joe Burrow. I like Gardner Minshew. I like his attitude. Ryan Fitzpatrick. I love Fitz- Kyle who's Allen. Who's <laughs> and only one point seven points ahead of Mitchell Trubisky. Oh my god! On play action. Well,
0: Kirk Cousins having the worst season of his career this year. Go figure. Um, (laughs) Ten interceptions up until this last game. Hey, no, hey, no, I'm not a Kirk Cousins lover. Trust me. I was the one that lived in Virginia and watched all his games. I was the one that was yelling against (laughs) signing him. But this year for him has been bad.
2: I mean – He's he's got those garbage time numbers, baby. Little, he's
0: always fantasy. had those. He stats, <laughs> 4, he his stats. Maybe. And that's what I, I warned mean, everybody I, about, but everybody I was like, it,
1: ooh, 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns. Another version of the Adrian Peterson Vikings where we're going to be, like, picking in the teens forever. Mm-hmm. And, like, everyone mm-hmm. is saying, to sustain success, you need a quarterback. Okay. How are but we th- going
2: to get this the quarterback? Is
1: where I, you, Look, tell me tr- where we're
2: getting the quarterback. <laughs> you can get the quarterback in the teens. And that's, that's, again, why I keep build around the quarterback. You get a quarterback in the teens. Maybe you don't get the first overall quarterback. But your, your mindset has to be, if your mindset is just, just get the quarterback and everything will work out, then you're not going to build a champion. What the good teams do is they figure out which quarterback they want for that system, and then they start moving pieces around it, around to get that system and those players. And so, look, the the Ravens, if the Ravens draft, um, if the Ravens don't draft Lamar Jackson, they're not going to be doing this Greg Roman, run Mm -hmm. heavy, option heavy type offense if we get a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance or a Trevor Lawrence, based on which one we choose, that's going to require different things. So start thinking in that direction is, is what what can we do for this quarterback, not what can this quarterback do for us. for us.
1: So what should we be doing for Kirk Cousins then that the Vikings haven't already done? Is it just continue uh, to throw assets in the offensive line then? is that Continue what we... to throw
2: assets in the offensive line. And I'm not happy about it, but that is clearly what he needs.
0: Well that no will's to pay for sports psychologists for him.
2: And and let and let the defense just be a bunch of these bargain bin guys and hope that we we open those big ass windows at the end of the stadium and start piping some wind in there because <laughs> apparently we need that so we can run the ball a lot. The defense, the defense doesn't get passed on. And Kirk Cousins only has to throw it you know, 17 times a game. That's just what it looks like right now. And I'm not happy and about I, and that.
1: And I stand corrected, David. Again. It is, in fact, Kirk Cousins' worst season yeah. as a, an actual <laughs> starter. As a starter. He's bad. 2013-2014 when he came in. His play was worse, but as a starting quarterback, these these are his worst seasons. Yeah, he's an elite season, backup
0: quality. Far. He wins now five, you know, at the rate of half his games. That is the perfect definition of a backup.
2: So we, my- we
0: do need that new quarterback, and he can be found. Like Flip said, at seventeen, he can be found at the end of the round. We took Teddy at the end of the round, but it's got to be available. And this year we have a boatload of picks. No second rounder, thanks to the Ngakwe trade, but a boatload of picks. Mm-hmm. They can always move up to get somebody if if they're smart enough to look. And that that's the question: Are they smart enough to look to go grab that guy? As you all know, I did research on what it takes to win a Super Bowl. Every Super Bowl except for '85 and 2013. That's the Bears and the Ravens. They had that elite quarterback with the it factor that helped take them there. That's the only thing that's guaranteed to bump you up that many percentage above everybody else. The quarterback that can make up for the deficiencies, because every team has deficiencies, even Kansas City or whomever, to bump you up enough to get that point. We haven't had that in decades, since I was no. a kid, and I'm, you see this gray? I'm old.
2: <laughs> but we also, you know, with these veteran quarterbacks, you don't get to build around them, and that's why right. I want a rookie quarterback. Yes. So Jason, let me let me put it this way. Trade deadline passed today, and everybody thought that, you know, Riley Reef would be the most tradable asset on the Vikings offense. If we're looking at a run heavy Kirk cousins type offense. The most tradable asset was not Riley reef. The most tradable asset probably would have been Adam Thielen because that type of offense. Isn't one that needs multiple wide receivers to perform. You know, Justin Jefferson only had three catches um, four targets against, against the Packers, Adam Thielen, same only four targets against the Packers. So if they want to push that direction, That's the holistic view that you start thinking about. And, of course, no way in hell do I want to trade away Adam Thielen. I want two great wide receivers. I want a mobile quarterback who can pass. I don't want to worry about left guard and right guard when we're going into the offseason. But that's what Kirk Cousins requires.
1: Okay. Well, let's spin this thing forward. Just a week though. Let's not look at the offseason. We still got I know when, when the team and the record is 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 so bad, it's it's tough to just keep looking at that and thinking about you know, okay, this next game, but it looks like we have a winnable game coming up. I mean, they still got Matt Patricia over there, don't they? Detroit. <laughs> David, talk to me. Uh you yeah. About when, you, when you look at this upcoming matchup with Detroit, what are you thinking? What is your CLI. prediction on the game plan oh, that we I, roll
0: into this game with? I never like doing predictions because I'm usually wrong. But I suspect the game plan will be real similar to what it was. I expect more passing, however. Um, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, who are great. Uh, I want to see more Irv Smith and Rudy in the red zone. I expect more of that because they're indoors in a beautiful 72-degree, you know, Ford Field, under the roof, no wind, no nothing. But I still expect a lot of heavy run. Matt Patricia is known to be a train wreck, especially this time of season is when the Detroit usually starts to implode. I want the Vikings to contribute to that, Uh, and I think they can. My biggest question is the defense and who's going to play. Is Dantzler going to be back? Are we playing this, you know, Band-Aid over here and Gauze Patch over here? Is Adam Thielen going to get time at corner? Uh, We'll see. But I I think that tests and gets Mike Zimmer's brain working. And I think that is good overall. And I do believe that the Vikings can win this game, should win this game. But, you know, it's 2020, so I'm not saying they will. I made a mistake of saying they should a long time ago, and we almost got our asses waxed, and it took a fourth-quarter comeback.
1: Um, But they can, and they should. I'll give you that. How about you, Flip? What are you thinking about? Because when you look at this, again, and I guess I keep – maybe I keep making the mistake because I'm looking at all these games, looking at how our offense matches up, how our offense lines up. And, I mean, on the outside, we have all of the advantages. I mean, we have Thielen against Okuda. We got Jefferson versus a player I've never heard of before. And for some reason, PFF has BB back in the starting lineup, and we know how Flip feels about that one. But BB is our number three. Um, I mean, this looks like a game we should be able to throw it all over their heads. I guess, Flip, do you you think that's the way we go in this one? We just go the other way and light them up? Or is this another Dalvin gift?
2: Hey, uh, my concern with the 2020 Vikings hasn't been about matchups. It's been about are they going to show up awake, alive, ready to play? Uh, Dalvin Dalvin Cook has has kind of emerged this last week. As, you know, we talk about that swagger. Maybe they have some of that now. If they show up focused, yeah, they win this game. That's what's needed. That's simple. That's, it. I, 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 That's I'd what's love expected. To, I'd love to go into matchups, but we, so at we're this point, even.
1: At this point yeah, for we're, you, it's basically Dalvin is – Beyond just being, you know, the 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 most important player on the offense at this point for you, you're you're kind of it seems as though you're chalking it up as David being kind of the leader of the offense as well.
2: Well, no, no, not I'm talking in attitude in in speech. You know, he's not the only well, one. Adam- if he's the
1: one that's that's setting the the tone and that people are following, and his swag is what makes the rest of the team go, would that not make him a defa- the de facto leader of the team, regardless of? you know, anything else. I mean, your title is not titles position. Like he's the, if, if he's what makes it all go, I mean,
2: whether the ball is is in his hands or not. Yes. And I don't think he's the only one, you know, Adam Thielen on Sunday, he's asking Zimmer if he can go in at cornerback. That's the type of stuff we're talking about. Let's have these two men show up, lead us. We did the Kirk cousins thing. We, we saw the guy try to try to lead some pregame speeches. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we, we 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 tried to kind of stage this thing around Kirk, and then he would go out there and throw an interception on the first play of the game so has has the message has the person stating the let's go win this game message changed enough? is it in the right hands now, and do we have young men who are gonna follow those people? I love it.
0: You said Sunday, Dalvin has the C on his chest finally. Yeah. And he's taken that to heart. And I appreciate yes. that greatly.
2: Yeah, and and so is Thielen and you know, so is Eric Hendricks. It's it's what this team needs.
0: Oh, I want to get oh back to God. DJ yeah. Wanham real quick. You'd oh mentioned DJ yeah. Wanham Andrew. ending the game of the Packers, right? We all went in mm-hmm. there and Uh, Aaron Rodgers was driving down. We knew there was time, and all of us were going, oh, no, here it goes again. We're going to lose. The rookie, DJ Wanham, didn't know that story, didn't know what to expect. He stepped up and made that strip sack and won the game. You talked about that being an attitude changer. Yeah, I definitely. do believe that. Take that and Cook's performance,
1: and that could be, go forward.
2: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: I don't know if I'm going. I don't know if I'm going that far with all of that because like the, the, we still did not play great in in the trenches. Like he made a good play,
2: right? He made a good right. Play.
1: Like you know, he made a he good made play a- with Rodgers, You know, trying to buy time, not being aware, he made a good play. But our like, I don't know. Our defense our, is banged up. Our defensive line still splashes. didn't look like they belonged out oh, there. No, yes. a lot
0: our, our whole defense is banged up beyond belief. It's like the uh, 2016 I, offensive line. But they are making plays when, you know, most people are saying, hey, these are second, third stringers, or like, like it's been said before, these are guys that should be on the practice squad, and they're still making plays. And that's the attitude – that will
1: lead to success if they keep that up.
0: I, I'm giving that more is, to Zimmer yeah.
1: than I am to any individual players on the defense, not named Eric, Eric Kendricks. Like or when Eric, you even Eric look Kendrick at like the totality so yeah, of how I'm, the game graded out, Zimmer gets all the credit for me, and then yes. those dudes were just out there doing what they were supposed to. And
2: yes, you know, but but Zimmer won the game. Away the the takeaway i'm saying jason is number 1 trust your coach trust zimmer cuz he put you in that position even though you were overmatched and number 2 don't give up if you get burned in the first quarter go back out there in the second quarter you get burned in the second quarter go get get out there second half just don't give up and you know hopefully that's a lot better feeling than damn we lost on a last second play mm-hmm. To the best quarterback in the league again. And, you know, Daniil Hunter, when he first came in the we league, We weren't playing Russell season.
1: Wilson this week, but.
2: Yeah, oh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, we had big red James Lynch make a play in that in that <laughs> Seattle game, too. But you start you start talking about Daniil Hunter. Um, clearly, when even from the start, he was way better than anything we're seeing now. But how did you know we had something in D- Daniil Hunter from a fan standpoint? You just saw Two or three flashes a game. It wasn't that he was taking over. It was just like, boom, there's a kneel. There's 99 here and there. And that's just type of things that you can look on. If, if DJ want him, you know, nobody's expecting him to be a double digit sack guy mm-hmm. this year. But if he's just making one or two plays a game for a fourth round pick, that's the type of stuff you build on.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right.
2: Okay. Let's so see him go we, get uh, Matt Stafford.
1: <laughs> so that's it i'm just we're gonna we're gonna bring this thing home uh I know you don't like making predictions, David, but you're here so I'm gonna make you do it anyway. We win in this game we lose in this game. what's happening when we play these lines
0: I think we win if yeah. if they continue with what they are and I think Zimmer's and his you know telling the front office I'm doing this my way um I think they win okay so but the score is, is what are you seeing?
2: Oh god damn it. I don't want to do it. we win this game if Dalvin Cook stays healthy. Can I say that? Does that count? I mean
1: that that's fine. There we go. So yeah. we have two kind of. We think we're gonna win, but you know, we're Vikings fans, so we always gotta emotionally hedge just a little bit, and that's it. <laughs> well, I, mean, yeah. I think we win this game just because I'm up here, I'm in Canada, there's too many Detroit Lion fans around, and I still <laughs> catch flack anytime we do anything, and so I just need us. As much they, for all of y'all, like the Green Bay game means everything for you. Just because of my life as a Vikings fan, Detroit and the Bears. Those are the games man. that I need us to win because of who I'm going to hear from if we don't. So I'm just going to try to will it into existence. We're winning the game.
2: Man, man, tell those fans to start cheering for the Argonauts or some shiz, man. <laughs> <laughs> to start cheering for what the Rough Riders. or was a '67s. One of them teams.
1: There we. I mean, we. I think we're mixing sports at this point. But you know, it all works, and, and that's it. That's the show. Viewers, thanks for for being with us. I love the comments. All of you are correct. We need a quarterback. We need a quarterback. We need a quarterback. We had someone in there shouting out Mormon Mahomes, saying we need to get all the Zach Wilson in our life. And I've been hearing that a lot. So oh, he's we're gonna have to get Jr. Sweet. to break him down for us. But yes. We're all in agreement. We need a quarterback. Rick doesn't seem to agree with any of us. So I guess we're probably going to get a uh, defensive tackle or maybe JR saying that this is a great class to find us a new tackle. So maybe Ezra stays inside. We draft ourselves a new tackle in the first round. Roll the dice with Kirk again, and we see how this thing goes.
2: And then we've still got again. Dozier in there. I, I, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> anyway, we got to get rid of that, do that do Dozier let's guy. Let's not do it. We,
1: we, we were optimistic. Let's bring it home. David, roll the credits,
2: my friend.
0: Will do.
1: Everybody Full have light. a great week.
2: Let's go.
0: Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Goal, everybody.